This podcast is sponsored by Focus Hope. The views, beliefs, and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or other participants do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Focus Hope, nor do they necessarily reflect or represent the official policies of Focus Hope. Thank you. Hope Speaks, a podcast unifying the communities of Metro Detroit. Welcome to Season 1, Maturish, where we educate the boomers, zoomers, and everyone in between. We're your hosts, Asma and Jess. Welcome back to our podcast, Maturish, where in today's episode, Educated-ish, we'll be talking about how the idea of being educated has changed over time and has been influenced by our environments. So, Ozma, when you hear the word educated, what do you think that means? Well, my first thought is that people usually think being educated means you got your bachelor's degree or doctor degree, and you know you graduated college, and now you're successful. But to me, education is when you have a strong concept and knowledge on everywhere around you, the different people, the different issues, and not just yourself or what, you know, the that whitewashed history wants you to believe or what you learned in school from a curriculum that's been there since before you even were. Yeah, that's that's a great, great explanation because I totally agree. I think that like being educated is like the perfect balance between being book smart and being like street smart. I feel like if you have a great concept of your surroundings and you're, you have knowledge on everything that has something to do with you and your environment, that means you're educated. I don't think like getting straight A's and having top honors mm-hmm. and like being able to solve a linear equation is gonna like tell you if you're educated or not. Like just because I know y equals mx plus v <laughs> doesn't mean that I'm off the bat educated. And more than likely, you'll find that the people that try to defend so hard that they're educated and, you know, are the people that are usually have those really strong conservative mindsets and they don't want to break away or learn new things or just try to understand other perspectives or people, things that they're not accustomed to, things that are different, that make them feel, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah, that really ties into how schools really try to make students educated in a sense like really they're just like brainwashing us yeah that's like a huge thing with child brainwashing is how like the education system has a huge factor in trying to alter children's minds and their language and the way they speak and all of that especially starting at a young age yeah like what they think is normal yeah Like, like what did you read when you were growing up Honestly, like books with, if it wasn't, if it wasn't animals, it was books with white kids. Yeah. I read like Junie B. Jones. Like if yeah. she is the most, she is the biggest white girl I've ever read about. Junie B. Yeah. And then like Diary of Olympic Kids. Oh my God. Yeah. Like white children complaining about white problems, about like, what is it? Crushes and like their parents not giving them attention and things like that. And I always thought that was so normal, and I was like, I felt with them, and I was just like, but then that's not issues people like me deal with, you know, like people, my family, people I'm related to, people I know, people I live around that share my identity and my Arab background, they deal with war, coming back from war, and like losing family and being refugees, or just 
you know, Islamophobia or racism. So when I grew up reading all these books, you know, with white children in it, you know, by white authors and everything was just white, white, white. And it was just a very, um, very like American nuclear family kind of story. That was my normal. And I didn't even think of myself as normal the way I grew up. And I've always been, since I was born, I've just been surrounded by the people that look like me, you know, Arabs and Muslim. And even then I knew that wasn't normal because I was always just told and watched like on TV, Disney Channel, like only what white kids do. Like, yeah, isn't, yeah. And then like even if there are people of color in these shows or in these books and stuff, they mm-hmm. give them a, a more white personality. Yeah. Or and I'm not the... saying there's like a black personality or, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm saying they don't tend to act the way... They don't really humanize them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they make them as, like, a character, like a joke or something. Yeah, like, oh, this person's here to be the laughing stock, Or mm-hmm. this this black person is here to be the class clown, specifically. Mm-hmm. They're here to cause trouble. But then, if it's a white student, they're like... Mm-hmm. It never even crossed my mind that, like, you could have or read books or your library in your school could have books that were written by people, like, written in Arabic, written by people that come from where you come from, or just a different story. I, I literally, as a child, I didn't even think that was allowed. I thought, like, like you could only write about this. Yeah, I thought it was, like, rules to it, where there was, like, limitations, and if you didn't do it, you might go to jail or something. <laughs> like, I didn't know that we could, like, really step out of this, this box that they put us in. Like, it's a lot of, um, a lot of things that the schooling system does. Reading these books and being taught that white that whiteness is the only way and those the way those kids grow up is the normal and just knowing that that's not you and it makes you kind of look up to them in a really awful way because then you're looking down at yourself and not even beyond just you know ethnically schools in general the way you're immediately put into them they have a way of just degrading you and dehumanizing you. I mean, since the beginning of time, I mean, my first memories of elementary school and preschool were just, you know, like, student of the month and, like, clip charts and, like, behavior. Like, how about you? Yeah, I, we had, we had, like, um, good students get prizes or good students get, like, you know, these little advantages and stuff, like Mm -hmm. parties and then, yeah, we had, like, the card, flip card thing, the chart. Those were horrible, dude. Yeah, I hated it. It was, like... Me asking questions constantly to better understand it or me talking to other students, my card would get flipped. Oh, you're talking too much. You shouldn't be talking at all. But then there's other students who don't look like me that are talking. And then I'm like, well, why aren't their cards being flipped? You know? Yeah, well, your school where you were growing up, wasn't it? Um, you were surrounded by a lot of white kids where in yeah. elementary school. Um, at first, I was in a more predominantly black environment in school. And then we moved to a better area. And then it was predominantly white. So then the the schooling systems was really like, um, yeah, it was like a lot of white kids. Yeah, and it was really catered to them, to them improving and like making them comfortable, but not you. Yeah, no, it was like, um, how do I say this? It's like basically they didn't let me reach my full capacity in those yeah, schools. Yeah, your full potential. Yeah, it was like, if I, me being young, I wanted to learn. That's all I wanted to ever do. 
I wanted to learn a lot. I wanted to read a lot. I was one of those kids who just liked learning, and they didn't let me learn the way I wanted to. It, it got to a point where they're, I'm like, they, you know, they separate students into these groups, smart, mm-hmm. average, yeah. and then... Those reading groups, the tension in those, I mean... If that wasn't, like, the most elitist classism thing ever, like, that was a social structure in itself. I was always in the bottom reading group. Yeah, like, when I was in a predominantly white school, I was set either average, even though I know I didn't need to be average, mm-hmm. or lower. And I'm, I knew I shouldn't have been lower because the amount of things I knew at my age was kind of really crazy to me. It's like... Okay, I'm I'm a second grader, second third grader. I know sign language. Whoa! Like, I know all my ABCs in sign language. I know all these other things. I have a great idea on math and stuff. I already knew how to multi- multiply up to ten, and I'm in like second first grade. Mm. I knew I knew all of these things, but they constantly told me you don't know this. Mm-hmm. How how are you going to tell me I don't know something that I know? Yeah. And me being as young as I was, I never understood it really. Mm-hmm. I never understood that I was being put lower to make others look higher above me mm-hmm. so they could have more control over me, which I never really understood. It's like once I switched school districts and I got into a more diverse district, which wasn't just white kids or black kids, where it was many different ethnicities and different groups of people, once I got in that district, they tested me like they would test any other new student. And I was way above my age frame. Like, I could have been bumped up if I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I never really understood why I couldn't be in these groups with these people who I knew I was smarter than or just as smart as. It's like these American systems, like, concept of competition, the, way, the one that's like only one can win and it's just like winner takes all. And we have it everywhere, and they just engrave it in every student. And, like, you're not taught to look at the kids around you in your class as your classmates. You're taught to look at them as as competition. They're people you're just, like, trying to beat, like, GPA and things like that. And that's what necessarily, to me, they prepare you for. Like, that battle you have in high school between ranks and GPA, that's just, that starts, like, since we were put into the school systems. Because, like, the American, you know, culture of, you know, only one can win is so engraved in it all. And, like, student of the month gave me so much anxiety as a child. I never won once. And wow. they would they would do it in a way that was, like, they would make sure every kid in the classroom got picked at least once. But, like, I didn't because well, I was pretty bad in elementary school. Like, I didn't know my multiplication until, like, the fifth grade or something. <laughs> like, don't even ask. That was pretty bad. But um, clip charts, like, when you really think about them, they just... Literally, like, at least at my school, they would have us in elementary, like, carry these long, long clip charts, and everyone would have, like, a clip with their name on it, and we would have to take them everywhere we went. Like, just so, like, you remind yourself every second, oh, you're, like, this kid's up on green, and then you're down on, like, the red. Like, just to, like, show you you're such a failure. And then they'd be like, okay, we have recess, and guess who's not gonna, who's gonna stand on the wall? You, yeah, I hated that. Like, our school didn't necessarily do that, but they, it was really similar. And then, not only that, I, I'm going to tell you, in middle school, we had these binders. Mm-hmm. You had to carry around your binder, and you could not lose it. Or you would be, like, fined, and you would be, like, 
in ISS in school suspension mm-hmm. is so dumb. But like these binders were supposed to be like quarter long things. You only get ten bathroom passes for the whole quarter. Oh, we for had every those, yeah. for every class. And it's not even ten per class. You get ten and that's it. Oh. And if you run out, you like you just run out. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, you have to wait till waiting time. And I'm like, um, some people are, and like especially females have more mm-hmm. things they need to do sometimes. So it's like I have to limit myself, and I have to save these mm-hmm. pieces of paper to determine what I can do. Yeah, we had those too. They were like planners, though, and they also like in middle school. I know this is when it started. Um, not only did they take recess, which I think is the worst thing oh, that they man. ever done in any school system, but they gave us these lanyards and they made us like p- our names. Like if we're like one side would like be things like we're good at, I guess. Like if we did something good, Ew. then a teacher would give us like a, a check, like, like, I don't even know, like a dog That's or so something. Weird. And then the other side would like be an infraction would be like if we did something bad. Yes. And you'd have to carry that with you all day. Like if you did not have that on you, like a name tag, like a collar or something, you, you're just you're not allowed in the school. Like you need to have that on you. That's so, ew. Like, yeah, infractions. Like I used to, I got an infraction for the honestly stupidest thing ever. Like it was a test and I dropped my pencil. <laughs> and because I went and got it, I got an infraction. Stay in your seats during a test. Okay, how am I going to complete the test if I don't have a writing <laughs> utensil? They, I can't even, the rules they have, especially getting into high school, like, they had so many weird rules. Like, we can't even have, like, our hoods, hats, you know, phones. If anyone sees your phone, like, even a glimpse of your phone, it's taken away. Like, they're, in my school, they're so, so strict about this stuff. And it's it's really, like, they're trying to shape you like a, like a military school or something. I yeah, it was so weird. But, like, overall, like, going into high school, I was able to see, because I was educating myself more, you know, my phone, through social media, through just the internet itself. I was educating myself on my own, and I was learning about, you know, anti-racism, and I was learning about different ethnicities outside of my own. And then I started learning about, you know, how they whitewash history. And then I feel like a lot like me, like you too, you sit in, like, your... U.S. history class or, you know, government class, and you're just hearing about reading from history books made by white people talking about white perspectives, and you just, it all just seems so fake. Yeah, like, I bet you can second me on this, but a lot of the American schooling systems, especially when it comes to Black History Month, the learning about black history only lasts about a week. Mm -hmm. You never learn about a black history person for the full duration of a month. Mm -hmm. They literally talk about black history for the quickest second. We don't even have, like, when it's Black History Month, we don't even do anything at my school, I think. We don't really. I mean, we might mention it if, like, your teacher is, like, cool enough. But, like, honestly, they don't even make a lesson. We follow the curriculum, like, strict. Yes. And I don't understand it because why isn't it talked about if it was a large part of our history? Yeah, and that's what makes you educated, learning about, like, those things that matter, that shaped our country, where we are, the people, you know, the movements we're having, instead of just telling me about Christopher Columbus and how he committed genocide. Like, who cares about Christopher Columbus? (laughs) Honestly, like, who is this man and why does he matter that much that we have to talk about him for months? 
like if I didn't have the resources to educate myself, like social media and the technology I have, I probably would have thought Christopher Columbus was the guy that founded America, even though, what was he? He stole and he killed. He colonized. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, really? You're only, only people I really ever hear, like our history teachers never really refer to, my history teachers have never talked about, never talked about black history unless they were asked about it. And even if they're asked about it, they switched the subject so fast. Mm -hmm. And now only my history teachers have been talking about it since the Black Lives Matter movement has spiked and it's actually become something very prominent. That's the only time I hear about it now. Mm -hmm. But before then, no. No, my school, we don't even talk about current like events because we just, they force us to follow the curriculum so strict that if like, like when the Capitol riot happened, we didn't even talk about that. You know, when, when things like these like come about, they just, we don't talk about them. And I think that's just so wrong because how are you supposed to progress and improve not only your mind, but like where you are in life if you're just like, if they're just telling you, no, you're going to stay here and learn everything that happened 100 years ago that has honestly no effect on you because they're just told to you by white men and their lied perspective on what actually happened. Like when we get into slavery in school, I don't know why, but they always like glorify Abraham Lincoln so much until like I later learned that he basically didn't even do anything because yeah. he only said he only abolished slavery in the South States, not even in the actual um, country until later because that's like a whole other, don't get me into U.S. history right now, but yeah. like they always glorify white men even in those cases and it's just like, like I didn't even start learning about Frederick Douglass until I was on my own later and mm -hmm. I got into like a push, but those are just things that they never touch on. See, that's why sometimes I do appreciate the school I go to because there are a lot of teachers who are not afraid to speak out on these topics. Our principal who is like, he currently tries to change the curriculum and like get these things involved in the curriculum for our mm -hmm. school. He's really trying because he was a history teacher before he was a principal. So he knows how important talking about these different subjects is. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like not talking about them leaves this void for they're trying to protect these students from the truth. But when they find out the truth and they are not finding out in a so-called safe environment, then what? What mm -hmm. happens then? It's It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like, our journalist teacher, great teacher. He's a great teacher. He also teaches, like, psychology and stuff. But our journalist teacher, our end-of-the-year project was to write a letter prompt. And then he said, you can write it to whoever you please. You can write it to the American system. And he was like... I will even give you extra credit if you write a Dear White People letter because <laughs> I'm very interested in what you all have to say because all the things that have been going on, this should be talked about. Mm -hmm. So I did. I wrote a Dear White People letter, and it's a very detailed letter, asking a lot of questions. And he was like, you know, let's let's even mail this out to some, some newspapers, and let's let's mail this out. Let's get this known. Let's let these people answer these questions. And, yeah, um, our board, our school board, was a bit upset about it at first. But then our principal retaliated about it. He was like, why can't students ask questions? What's what's up with that? Mm -hmm. You know, started a whole thing. But it ended, and 
you know, a lot of people um, said that they shared it to some people in their families and stuff, and they asked them these questions, and it yeah, started the whole go thing. Jasmine. <laughs> it started the whole thing. It was like our whole class, and that not even just our class, but like so many students at our school who wrote like these letters to like mm-hmm. America or dear white people or, you know. Um, some people even did like, dear black people, how do you feel after, you know, like asking these questions and how do you, how long do you think it'll take for change? And some people even said never, mm-hmm. change is never going to happen because we're moving three steps back and one step forward. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, um, schools just whitewash education a lot mm-hmm. and they're trying to take out like critical race theory. Mm-hmm. They're I know you know about it, and we're not going to talk about it. Another thing they emphasize, like, in high school and just outside of that is that standard that the society has of what it means to be successful. Like, you're not successful unless you go to college, you get a degree, and you become a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it may be. But, like, that's what determines your success. Yeah. Uh, If you don't go to an Ivy League school and you don't get honors, you don't get a 4.0, or you don't do this and this and that, you're not successful you're going to be working at a mcdonald's all your life i don't know why they say that to students yeah they always say that i think that's horrible like you're going to be working at a mcdonald's for the rest of your life what because i don't have a 4.0 or something me myself okay i do but like you for you to tell another student you're not going to go anywhere in life you're going to be working at mcdonald's but you're here teaching us Right. It just, it keeps, it belittles us to a point where we're not even there as students. We're just there to be, like, told what to do. And, Prisoners. Like, <laughs> basically. Prisoners. Yeah, they're basically just brainwashing us with that, their own definition of success. Because everyone has their own. There's no one simple definition. And then yeah. with, when they do that, they define education. Because when you're telling us what it means to be successful, we're going to follow that in the way we educate ourselves. And we're not truly educating ourselves to the full degree. We're just doing it, you know, that surface level, what it says in the book, and then we go and we get tested on it like five minutes later. Yeah, I just really don't understand it. They make us think that we have to do all these things to be accepted. And they really push the nine to five working. Mm -hmm. Like, why is that? Why is that what I want to do for the rest of my life? It's not. Yeah, I don't want an office job. No, I don't want to work nine to five for the rest of my life. And that be the only way of my income. Mm -hmm. No, I want to start a business. I want to flourish out. I want to be my own boss. I don't want to have to work under other people. Like, why do they push that so much? Why do they push that people have to work nine to five or longer and they have to do these strenuous hours and stress themselves out to live okay? Like, it's a micro society. They basically, you know, they regulate you and they just try to push these social norms on you. And, you know, we see that everywhere because um, the American culture is always seen, well, Americans have that Americanized exceptionalism ideal about themselves and that superiority. And I see it especially in my school because in my school, you know, half of the students are um, English second language students. You know, they come overseas, they're refugees, asylum seekers. Most of them don't speak English or some of them have that accent and they're immediately deemed inferior and seen as, you know, 
less than us being born in America, having that American Anglo Anglo Saxon tongue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they they just hear the accent, they just go, oh, they're stupid. Let me like raise my voice to make sure they're hearing me correctly, which is so. Oh, I hate that when they do that. Yeah, I used to like watch students get like pulled out of class, and for like no reasons, like in the middle of the class, like I didn't, I never understood that. It's like. What are they? What are they pulling you out for? Why do you have to pull these students out of class? Like you're preventing them from learning for one. So if they're behind on something, it's your fault because you're taking them out of the middle of a lesson. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to just change the way they are mm-hmm. because you deem them as not smart or not smart as someone else. But look at some of the people who are mm-hmm. first language is American <laughs> like I don't I don't know what yeah. they they're trying to accomplish there why do someone why does someone have to speak differently in order to be smart they're just like trying to assimilate them to that um, whiteness that American way which is horrible because in my experience um the people in my school that come from you know an Arab country or coming overseas um, these are students that more than likely are more educated than even the teachers teaching them. You know, these are students that have seen, that have seen war, have lost family, have, you know, they know all those, an- those answers to all those big questions that like those adult people are still looking for. They're educated and they're just immediately told once they come into this country and come into the school system that they're not educated. That if anything, they're they're behind behind everyone else their age and in their grade. Yeah. And that just is horrible because now they're changing their concept of education, and now they're making forcing them to conform. And in a way, not just the way they speak, but the way they dress, the way they act. And in my school, there's a larger divide between the kids that were born here and the kids that have come here and have those accents or or ESL students. They do not put us in the same classrooms because they see one group to be smarter than the other. So we're separated and separated based on teachers. And we we don't interact. Um, Sports that have, you know, students that were born here have that, you know, perfect American tongue, you know, quote unquote. Um, They that are in those sports ESL students won't be there or if they're in those extracurriculars ESL students won't be there and there's just that large divide and even though these are students from my same ethnicity from my same culture um coming from countries I come from we even discriminate against ourselves because we're just it's been engraved in our minds that the only way to live is to live that American way to live that white way and we just look down on them even though they're our our own people it's it's really sad to see yeah, um, yeah, speaking of, like, schools, how is your school, like, how does your school come off to student-wise, like, with testing and... Yeah, so they don't give, um, they don't give these students resources, they're just basically told, you need to learn English on your own first, like, they don't even help them learn the language, and usually these kids, because they're so smart, even though so many make them think they're not, they learn English on their own, like you will come back within a year and that student that did not know a word is now fluent, but they still have that accent, so they're still deemed inferior. But um, they don't, like they're still forced to take SAT and standardized tests and those aren't translated into the um, Arabic or whatever language they primarily speak. And me, I was born here in this country, so my English, I mean, I'm speaking to you in English, but I've never had a problem. 
And I was still, because I was born in a community surrounded by Arabs and Muslims that, you know, don't have that great English or immigrated here. We're always taking these beta tests and they're basically trying to measure um, our English language level, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like, if you've heard of it, when you first enroll into school, you have to say what your first language was. Was it Arabic or was it something else or English or whatever? And I mean, I guess when my mother was signing the forms, like she put, I speak both English and Arabic, which I do. And they're both my first languages. I grew up speaking both of them. But immediately um, I was taking these tests because they just right away were like, okay, her English just might not be great. But I wasn't the only one. And that's why I thought it was so normal because everyone around me was taking these WIDA tests. And I took them all the way until my high school year. So like we were just taking these tests, even though we were born here, we're just as American as anyone else. And they just still think of us as less just because we have that other language we speak. We speak Arabic. And it's just another way to that they engrave in you that, you know, you're not normal like those other white kids. You're not. Um, it's what you do isn't natural. So then you just kind of when you go out in public or surround yourself with other white people, you don't show that side of you because you immediately think that, oh, this is it's I'm supposed to do what they do. And yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you do, like, code switching. It's like you mm -hmm. yeah. basically act different around those yeah. like who when are you, different from you. Yeah, like when you order food and then you just change your voice. Yeah. Like, my voice always goes to a white girl voice, like, immediately. Yeah, but school, schools really are very different when it comes to many different things, like testing, um, school security, school, um, basically, basically the different things that they go about teaching and enforcing like my school security wise we have like one security guard i think he's he's armed don't know why you would need a gun on any <laughs> normal day for a school but hey stuff may happen what what about your school asthma security wise um so like have you seen my school like you know my school's pretty big yeah it's huge <laughs> it's, it's a really big it school looks like hogwarts <laughs> Um, yeah, it's really big, and so there's a lot of doors, obviously, and there's a security guard at every door. Like, you can just, like, around the number, like, maybe, like, 15, 20-ish, like, I don't even know. Like, there's security guards everywhere around the school. Um, so, like, you won't be able to stand anywhere without a security guard Seriously. being, like, at least, like, 20 feet away from you. And they're also armed. I don't know if they have guns, but maybe, I don't know, I never asked. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I always thought it was so normal that like just to have all these security guards all around you and they were never like aggressive towards us. We always like talked to them like as if they're regular faculty, you know, they bought from our school store, you know, like they were just normal. But the, the reason they were there, I mean, they don't choose to be there and authority tells them they have to be in our school. That's crazy. Yeah, and I always thought it was normal, but then I like I started thinking about it and they would they would always just tell us like it's cuz you guys skip too much. Okay. I feel like that's an excuse, though. <laughs> you see a bunch of Muslim Arab children skipping class too much, so you bring in all these, like, security guards and cops to watch them all day, every day. Like, I've never been to school without them being there. Jeez, what? Yeah, and our doors are locked at all times. It's literal prison. Like, our, our doors are always, always locked. When I was watching, when I watch, like, white movies or, like, on TV with, like, all these kids that just walk out of school, we can't do that. <laughs> No way. Can you can you eat off campus? 
for lunch. No, 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 definitely not. No way. No. That's that's. They no. stay locked at all times, and I'm telling you, the security's everywhere. It's. I always thought it was so normal, but then when you really think about it, it's just they see you again. You know, our background makes people scared. It makes people fearful. It makes them think. Keep an eye on them. Make sure nothing happens. You know, even though I don't think we've had any violence, you know, more than, you know, like those little fights that every high school has. We haven't had those excessive things um, maybe once or twice. But th these guards have been there forever. And it just really shows you what society thinks of you and then what your place is there. Like you're automatically deemed violent before you've done anything. You're automatically seen as a threat before you've done anything. And in a way makes you think that how am I going to leave this bubble I'm living in and go into a world where they see this of me. Like, no one wants to leave after that, I mean. Yeah. So, like, roughly, um, student count. How many students do you have at your school? Because we have, like, five, six hundred, maybe. Mm -hmm. My school's like a, it's like a little village, a little village, no, it's like a little city. We have, like, a, around 3,000 students, I think, yeah. 3,000 students. That's a lot. <laughs> Nick, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and then majority of them, I'm literally telling you, like maybe 80% or more are Muslim. Oh, wow. So when it comes to like like lunch and stuff, like are you guys like, do you have like lunch moms? What are lunch moms, dude? Really? <laughs> like this is a serious question? You mean a lunch lady? No, like a lunch mom. What's a lunch mom? Okay, so like lunch lady is like the lady who serves you food, but like a lunch mom is like the like Does she eat lunch with you? No, not well, sometimes, but like she's like she's like another faculty member who like overwatches sometimes and they like just walk around. Oh, and they hold microphones in the cafeteria? Well, I mean microphones. <laughs> okay, um I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> It's like she's basically just like there, like monitoring lunch a little bit. Like she might have like a walkie. Oh, a lunch monitor. Well, wait, what? Kind of. Okay. Um, I kind guess of. not. I have a lunch lady. Well, that's not the same. <laughs> the lunch moms don't serve food. They usually like sometimes they help clean up. Mm -hmm. They may like you know tell people to like quiet down a little or. They're just there. They walk around. They I might think we walkie talkie a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we have those, but they're not called lunch moms because they're definitely not nice like a mom. <laughs> um, they they hold microphones though, and they yell a lot. Oh no, a lot. See, like, I, that, I guess that's where it's different. Like, you have a lunch <laughs> monitor. We have like lunch moms who are like, yeah, like a like, mom figure kind yeah, of. Yeah, you have like that sensitivity to make it in a way that like you're being cared for. You're in school where we have it like. I don't want to say prison because I think my school's great, but you know. That <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that you didn't know that term. Like, oh, lunch mom? No, yeah. I don't. No, I don't at all. That's crazy. Um no, they're just like they're actually cuz every grade cuz we have so many students, every grade has a principal. A what? A principal for their grade. And then there's the overall principal of the school. But basically, when you're in lunch, you're in lunch based on, like, certain grades and stuff. So they'll have those principals there with those microphones. And I guess they're, like, monitors. And they just, like, kind of, like, yell, like, be quiet or something like that. I don't know. In a microphone? Yeah. They're, they're, well, we also have a lot of students. Well, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. It's fine. Keep your moms. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, like, how do you think media will portray something like that? Do you think they'll be more biased or do you think they'll be... Oh, well, I mean... 
from both our communities and both our um, identities, they're very targeted in the media. Yeah. You always see biased media and news reporting. You know, do not get your information from Fox News. Just yeah. putting that out there. Um, I know, like, when uh, 9-11 happened, you know, I think oh, everyone yeah. kind of knows, but um, the Arab community and the Muslim community um, was really, really targeted, and they were seen as a threat to the country. And people that have lived here, have were born here, have had generations of um, family here, were just like basically seen as the enemy. Yeah. And then being from that background, um, immediately people in my community, our names started going from Muhammad to Mike to, you know, like all these really white names. And we just kind of assimilated ourselves to that American um, way of life and that whiteness mm -hmm. so that we won't be identified so that we'd feel safe would may feel that our kids are safe yeah and you know obviously that is horrible and it's just the way that they see people from my community and they still see it that way I mean when that happened um you see you saw all these people just like putting American flags outside their house just to show people like I promise I promise like I'm on your side uh, and it's sad and when you see people from your own community assimilating to that whiteness, it's sad because then they automatically, they also put, a, again, put a divide between our own culture and our own people. And we're discriminating against ourselves. We're hating on ourselves. So it comes to a point where it's just, we're being like brainwashed by these elitist white people of the country that, you know, we're in the wrong. We should hate ourselves. We're inferior, inferior and we're dangerous. And some people from my community, many actually, do believe that. So we need to learn to educate ourselves. And everyone outside of my community also needs to educate themselves before they see a Muslim and then automatically think, oh, terrorist. Yeah, there's a lot of different stereotypes and off the bat, basically, like ways people will depict people in the media. And I think there's, like, a lot of different things that are going on within being educated, like the being woke. If you're not woke, then you're not, you know, basically, you know, there's a lot of things yeah. to say about being woke. It's a woke. very negative connotation when people think of educated. When they think of our generation, we need to steer clear from that and learn that we no one discriminates against white people or, or have those extreme stereotypes because we have so many stories on them, yeah. whereas people that are... Muslim people that are black, people that are other, have these barriers against them and these stereotypes because we're only told in that one way by these white communities and elitist groups. So to educate ourselves, we need to surround ourselves with the proper knowledge, the truth, multiple perspectives, and learn everything we can about outside of our own communities. Yeah, as listeners to our podcast, you all should be very much like learning how to adapt to different changes. I know change is a really um, very broad thing and some people don't like change. Me as a tourist, I don't like change, but sometimes we have to <laughs> adapt to change and we have to really break out of these generational standards and change some things about us. There's a lot of things we can work on and move forward as mm -hmm. a group, and we can build a greater community if we were all to work together in a way. So on that note, I would just say 
change is not always bad, and we can accept new changes. Mm-hmm. And learn to be educated. You can never be educated to a point of completion. So with that, um, we're going to close this off. And, you know, you guys can keep in touch with us on our email at genofpromise at gmail.com, Insta, and our new TikTok, Focus Hope. And stay tuned for more content on Hope Speaks this season of Maturish. Yes, thank you all so much for listening. And after listening to this episode, ask yourself, are you educated? And then come back and tune in with us for the next one. Thank you all so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Maturish. Safe space for youth to talk about their ish. Come back for more rants and diverse insights. Bye! This podcast is brought to you by Focus Hope, a Detroit based nonprofit pledging intelligent and practical action to overcome racism, poverty, and injustice.